often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Be Well Sis podcast. I am your host, Dr. Cassandra Dunbar. Wow, it's been a minute since I've said that. And as you know, I took a bit of a break, but now I'm back with fresh new episodes and conversations to help you on your journey. How has life been treating you? But more importantly, how have you been treating yourself? Me, I've been well. I've been navigating the challenges of life, resting, and just overall being more present with myself and with my family. If you receive the newsletter, and if you don't, you absolutely should sign up. It's free. (laughs) You'd know that although it's been really quiet here on the podcast Airways, I've been working to build our community and have real and meaningful interactions with you all. So as you know, um, as you may know, we launched our book club. So the Be Well Sis book club has officially launched and we had our first meeting this past um, Monday on Labor Day. And we were joined by the Rachel Cargill herself as we discussed her book, A Renaissance of Our Own. It was such a beautiful experience. And I, if I'm honest, I'm still feeling all types of warm and fuzzy because of the intimacy of the group and all that we were able to exchange. So if you are interested, the link Link is down below in the podcast description um, in the show notes and you are more than welcome to join us every month we'll be discussing a new book and it's just really laid back it is a good time it is time for us to really have um, our sisterhood and our sis- meet new sister friends <laughs> I also announced the newsletter that I am planning an in-person event here in Charlotte North Carolina the event is a screening of a short documentary based on Black women's friendships and breakups called Best Friends Not Forever. After the screening, we'll have light bites and a discussion led by friends of the show that include two therapists, Whitney and Tiffany of Raising Resilience, as well as wellness entrepreneur, Brittany Horn. I'm super excited to have these conversations in real life. And this particular event will be held on September 29th at 7 p.m. And for more information to reserve your seat, hit the link below. It is also going to be in the show notes. And speaking of friendships, today's conversation features the Dr. Joy Harden Bradford as we discussed her new book entitled Sisterhood Heals. If you listen to this podcast, you are likely very familiar with Dr. Joy. She is the founder and creator of Therapy for Black Girls podcast and community. Her work focuses on making mental health topics more relevant and accessible for Black women, and she delights in pop culture to illustrate psychological concepts. And she's been named by Glamour as a game changer for her work in the mental health field. She received her bachelor's degree in psychology from Xavier University of Louisiana, her master's in vocational rehabilitation counseling from Arkansas State, and her PhD in counseling psychology from the University of Georgia. Her work has been featured in Essence, Oprah Daily, The New York Times, HuffPost, Black Enterprise, and Women's Health, to name a few. The work that she does has been monumental in my own personal life and journey, and I was taken back by my reaction to speaking with her. So typically, when I start speaking to someone, I give them their flowers by telling them all the ways that their work has either impacted me and our community at large. And in giving her her flowers before we started recording, 
y'all, I got choked up, which is something I just never do. In my head, I always knew that she's incredibly impactful to our community, but I didn't realize how personally impactful she was to me until I started speaking to her. Long story short, y'all, I embarrassed myself and I hope she wasn't too taken back by my emotions. Anyway, without further ado, here is the conversation on Sisterhood Heals with Dr. Joy. Um, Thank you so, so much for joining. As always, I am so, so glad you're here. Be well, sis. All right. So today I always say that I'm excited about today's guest and I and I am. But today's guest is like had me a little bit emotional because of the impact that she's had not only on my life, but like the impact that she's had on our community and just the ripple effect on this generation and generations to come. We have Dr. Joy with us of Black Girl uh, Therapy for Black Girls who who have just paved the way for podcasts like mine and just people like me. So thank you, Dr. Joy, for being with us. How are oh, you? Thank you so much. It is an honor. I'm doing well. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I just want to just hop into the book. So as I was saying before, um, actually, I'll give you a little bit of backstory. So when I, my first experience was with therapy was when I was in med school, they, we had therapy available to us and I'm like, Oh, I'm definitely going to go. But I was like going hush, hush. I didn't tell like my friends about it because it wasn't something that it was kind of frowned upon. Right. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't want them to think that whatever, um, my background is that I'm also West Indian. So the culture is, you know, if you have problems, either go to God about it or just keep it within the family. Don't talk to outsiders about your problems. So I started going to therapy because it was free and the therapist and I weren't aligned, but fine. It was like how I, you know, dip my toe into the therapy, like, you know, pond. I'm like, this is something that I could revisit later. Fast forward a few years later, I stumbled upon your podcast and I'm like, oh, okay. Like we are doing this. And Um, so I've been in therapy. A lot of my peers, as you know, um, are in therapy and I've really been doing the work for healing. And I'm so happy that you wrote this book because I think like, I know this is so on time, um, about healing in community. Cause I think we've all been doing, um, a lot of us have been doing like the individual work, but in order to go the next step in our journeys, it really needs to be in community. So my first question for you is, what role does sisterhood play in not only our mental health, but our overall health as um, and well-being as Black women? Yeah, you know, I really think it's it's critical and it's it's central in a lot of ways. And I don't think we always give it the respect and credence that that sisterhood plays in our lives. You know, I think sometimes when when something happens in our lives, usually the first call we make is to a girlfriend, right? Or they are the ones who are kind of like paying attention to what's going on and can also sometimes know something's happening even before we are ready to admit it to ourselves. And so I think it is just this layer of support that is unlike any other relationship in our lives. You know, I I do think there's been so much attention to romantic relationships and parenting and caregiving and all of those things. And those things are are definitely important, but I don't think we have done enough in terms of really embracing and lifting up 
the roles our friendships with our sister friends play in our lives. And so we know that support, having a, you know, a circle of support really um, can relieve any symptoms of isolation or loneliness. Um, it can really prolong our lives. So, you know, being able to get active with our friends, having a place where we can share the things that are difficult for us to share in other places, like it really just enhances our lives in lots of different ways. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And there was one thing that you mentioned in the book about how our past experiences, um, like kind of like the models um, you mentioned in the book about like just as a little girl watching like your aunties, just how they had like their communion, like how they communed with each other, right? Yeah. And how that kind of played a, a part in, you know, your idea of sisterhood. So I'm looking at it from a different lens because my mother was very much a loner. And I remember the messages that she gave me growing up was, you know, just keep your head down, you know, friendship and do the work. Friendship can cause like drama. Like, you know, we don't need friends, yada, yada, yada. And I've always been somebody who did crave friendship, but I was scared of the drama that it would bring. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so my question is, what would be some advice for those who are looking to create um, friendships and relationships outside of like the traditional like partnerships, like romantic and whatnot, mm -hmm. um, but didn't have like healthy models of what that looks like, what sisterhood looks like? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of us, Cassandra, have gotten that message either overtly or covertly, right? So sometimes we've had messages like this from mom and grandma and aunties that say like, oh, you can't trust other women, be careful, mm -hmm. you know, all of these things. But we also observe, we, we pick up a lot just by what we observe of the people in our lives, right? So mm -hmm. if we don't see them having large groups of friends or, you know, they're kind of standoffish with other women, then we typically get the message that, oh, this is something that we need to avoid. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's important for us to think about about, you know, we are not meant to be isolated individual creatures. Like we really thrive in community, in relationship with one another. And so even if you have gotten those messages and it has made you a little standoffish, I do think it's important for you to open yourself up to all of the ways that friendships and intimate relationships with other people can really enhance your life. Yeah, for sure. Um, for me, I, um, the way that my friends describe me is that like they, like adopted me because uh -huh. I'm just shy, um, yeah. not necessarily shy, but I just, for whatever reason, I get anxious around like groups of people that I don't know. So mm -hmm. I'm introverted. My friends are all extroverted. So they like seek me out and like, we're going to be friends and we become friends. Right. Um, so for people who may be in my situation, who they want to have friends and they just aren't sure how to even initiate um, relationships with other women, do you have like any insight um, mm -hmm. as to move forward? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love that example because I think that that happens a lot. Like people are like, oh, this person is going to be my friend. And then 20 years later, like this is your best friend. Um, so if there is somebody in your life who approaches you that way, I would encourage you to be open to it, right? You know, because again, we all have different personalities, styles. Some of us are a little bit more laid back and a little slower to warm up, but other people are very like out there. They're like, oh, here's another black girl. Like she's going to be my friend. Now that doesn't mean that it always 
always works out, of course. Um, but but I do encourage people to be open to those kinds of situations because you never know like what it could turn into. Now, of course, slowly get to know this person, right? So maybe you start with grabbing lunch and grabbing dinner or going to a movie together or whatever, but gradually allow yourself to get to know this person to see if this is somebody that could be significant to you. The other thing that I would encourage, would encourage people to do is to look around in the background of their life to see if there's somebody who could move to the foreground with a little bit of effort. So for example, like, is there a mom that you see and y'all kind of make pleasantries every morning when y'all drop the kids off in carpool? Or is there somebody who sits next to you or sits close to you in yoga class that, you know, you kind of smile and, and nod at one another, but you've never taken the time to talk with one another. So is there something that you could do a very small effort, um, like saying like, hey, do you want to grab a smoothie after we drop the kids off? Or, hey, do you want to grab lunch after yoga class? Like very small invitations where if it doesn't go well, like you just go back to going to yoga, right? But it right. is a way to kind of put yourself out there to let people know that you're interested in getting to know them a little better. Oh, that is such a good point. Because yeah, we don't necessarily look, think about the people that we constantly come into contact with. We just right. keep them in that space. Oh, that's my neighbor or that's, you know, the right. other room parent or whatever. But we don't make that step to like, hey, let's see what this can be, the curiosity. Mm -hmm. Very good point. Um, so I kind of want to talk about the complexities of friendships, especially um, in adulthood, because there's so many things going on. We have all these responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I I struggle with, and I know that other people um, also struggle with, was um, is balancing the time and, and whatnot. Um, so we all have so many different commitments, especially like if we're parents to smaller children or working mm -hmm. and things of that nature. Um do you have suggestions on how um, to navigate the complexities of being in community with our sisters while also dealing with life as it comes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is like the story for so many of us, right? But the other thing I know is that many of us live by, uh, if it's not on the calendar, it doesn't happen, yep. happen. And I think we need to make sure that we are putting our sister friends on the calendar, right? Because I think sometimes we like think like, oh, we will catch up and like we look up and it's been six months and we haven't seen our girls, right? Um, You know, and so I think it is about being intentional about looking forward, like, okay, if right now is busy, can we look two months down to say, can we get something on the calendar? And then being fiercely protective of that. Of course, things mm -hmm. happen, right? But but really like barring any emergencies, like this thing is going to happen, you know, and you're planning for it, right? So you're looking for a babysitter, you're, you're doing whatever you need to do to make sure that that time is protected. But I also think we don't want to dismiss like just the little ways that we can stay connected with one another. Um, So one of my group chats, like our primary way we communicate with one another is playing Wordle every day. I love it. So we are solving the puzzle and like putting our results in the group chat um, or sending memes or funny videos or TikToks, like all of those ways that you can kind of passively stay connected that don't require a lot of time. I think we don't want to dismiss that those kinds of things are also really effective just to kind of, you know, kind of have a proof of life kind yes. of um, indicator, right? Like I know stuff is busy, but hey, I was thinking about you or whatever. Um, you know, just some of those small ways to let people know that we're thinking about them, I think are really important as well. Yeah. Um, one of my um, models of um, womanhood, I guess I can say, was my late mother-in-law. And one of the things that she would do when I was, when me and my now husband were long distance, is she would always send me a card just, 
not for my birthday. Like she would for that too, but just cause like she saw a cute card, it was cute illustration. And so she would send me a card and you mentioned ways to keep in touch. And that was one of them too, just snail mail. And I think mm -hmm. that is something that I've told myself I'm going to implement, but I think it's so great. It also helps us to like step out of the digital space a little bit and just like, Hey, let's write something out. And it's just really cute um, mm -hmm. ways to like, make sure that you stay connected with your people. If you can't see them all the time. Right. I mean, and who doesn't love to get like a nice card in the mail as opposed to like just bills being in your mailbox, Listen, right? Like, so right. a cute little card from your girl or like a picture from y'all in the, in the way back when um, saying like, oh, I miss this or, you know, I hope you're doing well. Like just any kind of little thing that kind of brings a smile to someone's face to let them know that you're still thinking about them, I think is a very nice treat. Mm -hmm. And and now I kind of want to like switch gears a little bit and talk about um when things aren't perfect within the relationship. So, you know, we're human, we mm -hmm. bump heads, we disagree. And I want to talk about two things. When it's okay to grow apart. I mean, it's always okay, but when we, how to recognize if we're truly growing apart, we're growing in different directions, or if it is, if this is just a, just a bump in the road that we can mm -hmm. navigate. I hope yeah. my question was clear. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you asked that, Cassandra, because I do think, again, because we have not given the same level of care and consideration, I think, to friendships in our lives, we assume that they should just be easy, right? Like yeah. there should never be any tension or conflict in friendships. But in any relationship that is meaningful to you, there is likely going to be conflict and tension because we are human, right? Like mm -hmm. things aren't always going well and we're bringing all of our stuff to their stuff and sometimes stuff happens, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so that's the first thing I would say is that we should not expect that we will never kind of fall out with friends or have disagreements because we're human. Um, the next thing I would say is that I think a lot of us are very uncomfortable with some of these difficult, more awkward conversations. And so instead of saying like, ouch, what you said hurt me, we will just like pass it off or like get really passive aggressive, or we might even ghost and just stop like interacting with this person altogether. And what I would encourage us to do is to kind of use our words, like we talk with our kids about, right like use our words and be able to say like hey this thing hurt me or I'm noticing there's some tension or I miss you and I feel like we haven't caught up in a while like can we catch up like I think being able to vocalize some of those things are really would make the relationships more intimate so when we are able to navigate these difficult sometimes awkward conversations with our friends it really really kind of increases the depth of the relationship and opens up these spaces for more things to be talkable. So I'd encourage us to really kind of get into the groove of like being able to, to call out the elephant in the room um, and, you know, say when something's on your mind so that the, the relationship really can thrive. I think one of the things that makes it so difficult is A, we're not taught how to like properly handle conflict. And B, I think it's it takes vulnerability to say, hey, yep. you hurt my feelings, especially as adults where, you know, as they say, like, you know, at my big age, you hurt my feelings. What do you mean? You know what I mean? So like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> right, right. You know, so that like kind of puts a barrier to things. Um, I was talking to somebody and she was saying how um, there's a difference between being transparent and being vulnerable. And for me, I felt they were the same, like they were synonymous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she's like, transparent, it just means that like, you know, somebody asks you a question, you'll be honest about it, but you're not mm -hmm. necessarily uncomfortable, but being vulnerable is where there's some discomfort about whatever you're sharing. Mm -hmm. And 
I think sharing that, A, you hurt my feelings or I feel misunderstood or whatever when it comes to um, our sister friend um, is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I can see it- that being a barrier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think, you know, we cannot like discount like how difficult it is, especially for black women, right? Because so much of our socialization and the things that we have been taught is to kind of be very stoic and Mm -hmm. to appear as if we always have it together, even with the people who are closest with us, Um, you know? And so I think that that is an added barrier for us that we have to then kind of take off this strong black woman cape to let people know that we may not be doing well or that, you know, they did offend us or, you know, that something did happen. And so I do think we need to pay attention to that added stress, that added barrier that we have as Black women, because everybody is not socialized in that way. You know, some people are much more comfortable with vulnerability than I think a lot of Black women are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, And kind of on the same vein, so how do we know when it is time because some things, as as they say, the elders say, you know, some people are for a season, some people are for a lifetime, for a reason. So mm-hmm. when the conflict maybe cannot be resolved or the conflict is way bigger than just like little hurt feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Tips for navigating an actual friendship breakup, because we don't talk about that either. Yeah. 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 So, you know, this is a question I get a lot because people want to know like, okay, well, how will I know if it's time to kind of, you know, call it quits with this friendship? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I typically think if you are wondering about like whether this friendship should end, like that is clearly a sign that something is awry, right? So it may not be that the friendship needs to end, but clearly something is going on where you're not feeling like you're heard or you're seen or your needs are not getting met. And so that does to me warrant some kind of conversation. But I think some of the indications that it may be time to kind of go your separate ways in a friendship is one, if you have tried to have these conversations and let this person know like, hey, this thing you do hurts me or you know, whatever the infraction has been, if you have called it to their attention multiple times, likely, um, and there hasn't been any change, then that may be an indication that this person cannot show up for you in the way that you want. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, if you feel like the relationship is super Mm one-sided and not in a way where it's kind of like, okay, I do a thing for you, you do do a thing for me. We don't want to kind of be keeping score in relationships because that, you know, is typically not helpful. But if you feel like the relationship really wouldn't even exist if you weren't the one calling, if you weren't the one texting, if you're kind of always initiating, um, you know, contact, then I think that that could also be an opportunity for you to either say something about it or to question like, okay, do I really have a place in this person's life? Because it feels like I'm the one who's always reaching out. I think that both of those things are good indications. And of course, I think, you know, some of the more common things, like if there's been a huge betrayal in some ways, or, you know, some big thing has happened, but most often those are not what lead to to friendship breakups. Most often it is just like a distance, uh, you know, kind of like people get busy and we're just not making time for one another. Like it typically is a slower kind of process to the ending of a friendship. Yeah, for sure. And, and that makes me think about um, the one section you talk about just um, when there are different milestones people are reaching. Um, and so what came to mind, A, was jealousy. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I don't think we talk about because I think at least I was socialized to think that jealousy was just a horrible thing. Yeah. Just the feeling, you feel it, shut it down. It is evil. It is bad. Like disregard that. 
Um, but I, I think sometimes it might be like, like the undertone might be there and we don't like address it. So for example, like, let's just say somebody, um, let's say we are not partnered and we desire partnership in the romantic sense. Mm -hmm. And our bestie is now getting engaged while we're happy for the bestie. We're sad for ourselves. And that might create some, some tension or some distance because we're not upfront about it. We don't keep it funky. We're just like, I'm going to go away Mm -hmm. a little bit and give her some space. And that space can become bigger and bigger. Or if there's things like fertility, um, I might be struggling with that. My friend is now mm-hmm. pregnant. And while you're happy for the friend, again, you're sad for you. Um, right. Two things. How do we recognize when in those cases, like we are actually the problem there? Because our friend having these successes um, are not bad, but sometimes mm-hmm. like they may highlight or magnify our own stuff. How do we even recognize that? Because I remember now looking back where I was the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, things were happening for other people. They weren't happening for me yet. So I would right. distance myself and they would reach out and I would just keep retreating and not mm-hmm. speak up. Right, right. Yeah. So one, I just want to call attention to the language because you weren't a problem. You just didn't recognize that this was an issue for you. True. Um, and I think we do have to be careful, like being very soft in our language with one another, because that is also an issue where we're very critical and like use really harsh words that don't make it easier for us to kind of heal from these things. True. Um, but you bring up some really, really great points, because I do think jealousy is one of those emotions that a lot of us have been taught is like a bad thing, right? Like we want to get rid of it as quickly as possible, as you mentioned. But it's important to note that jealousy is an emotion just like every other emotion. So happiness, excitement, like all of the things that we consider kind of good emotions, jealousy is just an emotion just like any of them. And emotions really are just messengers for us. They are an indication that you need to pay attention to something, that something is going on. And so when we think about jealousy, typically it is an unmet need somewhere. And so it's not so much that you're jealous. It is really more about what you do with the jealousy that Mm -hmm causes difficulties in your relationships, right? So the retreating that you're talking about. um, And, you know, in the book, that is what I talk about is that they are these three times in or three instances in sister friendships where this often comes up. So when somebody gets engaged or married, when somebody gets pregnant or brings a baby into the family and if there's some kind of career promotion Mm -hmm. or something like that. And so, you know, what you you talked about, about being able to hold space for both things being true. So Mm -hmm. I'm really happy for my friend and I'm also really sad that this thing has not happened for me. Mm-hmm. And there is space in relationships, in healthy relationships, for us to be able to talk about both of those things. Mm-hmm. And so I'd encourage people to reflect. Like if you you notice that you kind of get weird or, you know, like you're feeling some kind of way when somebody announces a, an engagement, that's an opportunity for you to kind of get still and to do some reflecting on, hey, what's going on with me here, mm-hmm. right? Like, I know that I'm happy for them, but I'm also feeling a little weird, like something feels off, you mm-hmm. know, ab- about this announcement or whatever. Yeah. And usually if we are quiet, we can kind of get in touch with whatever that unmet need is. And I think it is important to voice that to friends, because to your point, you know, if you're just retreating, then the friend is wondering, like, well, are they happy for me? Like, Mm -hmm. what's going on here? As opposed to us being able to say, hey, you know, I'm really happy for you. And I'm also really sad that this thing hasn't happened for me yet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and I think one thing that I have been actively working on in therapy is 
recognizing that two things can be true at the same time. Um, my thinking has been very binary, like it's either this or that, mm -hmm. but no, there's space for both things. Right. Like, I'm so happy for you, but also I'm kind of sad for myself right now. And right. that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Um, you know, Cassandra, the other thing I want to say is that I think sometimes, especially with the engagement wedding thing, is that if we desire partnership and it hasn't happened for us yet and our best friend like gets engaged, it also activates, I think, some of those very early, early childhood wounds of like either being rejected or abandoned in some ways, right? So like getting picked last for the team or not making mm -hmm. the cheerleading squad or like all of those like early things that you don't, of course, think about when your best friend gets engaged. Mm -hmm. But I think think that that in some ways gets reactivated for a lot of people like if you've not healed some of those wounds related to rejection all of that gets activated when a friend gets engaged as well yeah and, and to your point we need to like be still and really reflect as to yes. why do I feel this way like what is it about like what's really happening mm -hmm. um one thing that I'm also working through is slowing down and really yes. like reflecting my natural tendency is if I feel uncomfortable in my body because of whatever situation I'm like okay it's time for us to get to work let me <laughs> let me figure out what I need to do so I can get out of my mind about it but right. I need to sit and like really process like it's not about her it's mm -hmm. about something that happened before or is happening within me and like let's right. be clear about that so we can heal from it for sure mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and which is another beautiful way that sisterhood is healing in and of itself because I just saw a, a tweet the other day that said um are you really healed or are you just isolated so like mm -hmm. you haven't had a chance to really exercise any of these things and like right. sisterhood allows us to see ourselves in from different angles and all of that as well so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah I mean because there are things that you don't know about yourself that like don't even spring up until you're in relationship with what, another person right mm -hmm. so you know like you might not know that you struggle with assertiveness until like somebody hurts your feelings and then you don't say anything about it right like you wouldn't have maybe known that before um mm -hmm. you know so definitely it, it does give us greater knowledge of ourselves yeah and, and mm -hmm. one thing that I, I've learned in my relationships like my my best friends that I don't have a lot but I have a few mm -hmm. is that I love that special there's something special about us black women too that we're able to see something in somebody else and really magnify that um there are things that I didn't recognize about myself that like my my friends saw and was just like you're good at this or I love this about you and I can do the same so it's like oh that was a blind mm -hmm. spot to me but like they amplified that um, yeah which is super yep. important I, I agree. I agree. That's one of the, the most powerful things I think about healing in a community of other black women is that they do will they will often kind of be our cheerleaders and like mm -hmm. push us towards a promotion or whatever, because we don't always see those things in ourselves. So having people be able to hold up mirrors for us in those ways is very important. Yes, yes, I, I so agree. Oh, yes. So um, you mentioned how we can be like mirrors um, for each other and champion each other. And one thing that you mentioned in the book is that I put a star next to, it says that championing sisterhood and helping us and help and helping us heal from what these systems have wrought in our bodies and mind is liberation work. So anyone, including another sister who disrupts our liberation on our freedom for whatever reason, 
fear, discomfort, uncertainty, whatever, can stay exactly where she is. And the reason that I started this is because of what's been happening in the news cycle this week um, in terms of um, just Hilarious making a comment about trans women and the conversations that I've been seeing that have been spiraled from it. And I even spoke with my husband about it last night. And he was like, you know, he felt he was critical of um, women who are on their healing journeys, but are quick to call her out. And because um, I said, and I'm, this was, you know, at home, I didn't like tweet or anything, but I'm just like, mm -hmm. I think she needs to be canceled because like, like, and he's like, well, what does that mean? I'm just like, I mean that she needs to just like sit down somewhere, like, mm -hmm. and like heal in that moment. Um, mm -hmm. Because the thing is that she's saying is harmful. Um, and he was like, well, you know, women who are like on the healing journey are quick to like discard people who are not. I'm just like, no, I just feel that if you have a large platform, it's really important what you're saying is that you're not putting batteries in other harmful people's like physically violent people's backs. And I'm, that's what really stuck out to me when um, I put a star there, because I think it's important for us to um, not everybody is your tribe. And I think it's okay. You know, right. Um, right. it's important, especially as black women to stick together, but we are all on different paths. We all have different mm -hmm. beliefs. We all have different values. And it, I think as much as we, we should stick together, sometimes people don't want to stick together. That's, right. I think that's an example of that. Like, mm -hmm. if you're not being inclusive to our like collective freedom, you're right. harmful to that. And right. I said a bunch of things. And <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you some space. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I I do think that it is important to think about, you know, like sisterhood is something I think that we kind of all are born into as Black women, right? Like, but you have to opt in, like, and it is not a value for everybody, right? And you're gonna, I think a great majority of us do have sisterhood as a value, but everybody does not. And I think we have to be okay with that being okay and not try to force somebody to kind of get on the sisterhood train, like if they really are like digging their heels in. Right. But I think we can like love them from a distance, right? right? Like, it, it is the kind of thing where, you know, like everybody can't go. And right. so, you know, you don't have to wish ill on anybody, but you do realize like, okay, we are moving in this way and they are trying to kind of drag us back this way. And that means that we may need to kind of cut ties in some ways. Um, and so I think we do have to kind of give space for people to kind of do their own work and mm -hmm. we can still hope that at some point they want to join us and, mm -hmm. you know, send them well wishes and all of that stuff, but do realize that sometimes you do have to cut ties for people who are not invested in the same values as you are yeah for sure for sure mm -hmm. um I think I went over a little bit so thank you so much Dr. Joy thank you for all that you have done for us um and thank you for this book guys it is Sisterhood Heals the Transformative Power the Transformative Power of Healing and Community I will put the link down below please go purchase um physically the book or you get the audiobook, get one for yourself or a friend. Um, this would be a really great book to actually read in community. Um, Cause I like how you have questions at the end of each chapter to um, for thought. And also I think they're good conversation starters um, mm -hmm. too. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm super, super grateful for your time. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Cassandra. It's been a pleasure. Of course.
Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Be Well Sis podcast. For more information on anything discussed in this episode, please see the show notes and or visit www.bewellsispodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple. Until next time, be well, sis.